Vito and I became pretty good friends through the classic and through just being on team Italy and he's friends with Nikki. So he just walks over to me and he shows me his phone and it's just everybody at John boy, just in my face. I didn't know anybody was like filming or anything. Uh, I just thought we were FaceTiming. So then I just started screaming because it was just the excitement of the, uh, of the event, but it was a little bit, I had a drug test, so I couldn't have as much fun as everybody else. <laughs> right after the game, somebody came up and found me. It was like, you have a drug test. Hey, everybody, and welcome once again to another edition of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And, uh, boy, it is uh, it is opening week. We have just wrapped up the World Baseball Classic. So why don't we collide those two worlds with one of the most entertaining creatures, emphasis on the word creature, in the baseball world. From the Kansas City Royals, the Pasquatch, Vinny Pasquantino. Welcome Here back. Here I am. Thank you. I'm back. It feels great to be back, to be on the rotation. Uh, that's fantastic. And I have my shirt on, my John Boy Pasquatch shirt. Shout out, John Boys. That's you, all. Uh, you can go get that at our little team store. I think it's shop.johnboymedia.com or something like that. We'll put it in the uh, in the link. Producer Rob will do that. Did, have, have people asked you for... for that t-shirt yeah a few teammates have asked uh, people back home family so you know, it's a uh, it's a hot commodity right now and i'm i'm glad to get them for people will it help you in building relationships if we send you a few more probably yeah that would that would probably help me okay fair enough uh we have a lot of ground to cover with you yep uh first of all let's start with the world baseball classic okay experience on a ranking system of one to a hundred where do you wow. rank it probably like a well first off you have a jets helmet back there so i would just like to say shout out cj um yeah and that helmet uh i just noticed that sorry but uh, don't worry we'll get to, we'll get to them they've been a little busy too yeah yeah um i would say 90 to 95 right in that range um if not higher i'm just i'm only doing that so i don't go to the highest scale um but yeah, it was it was great. Um, MLB did a great job of of hosting it or putting it on, whatever you want to call it. And we were in Taiwan for <laughs> what felt like a month, but I think it was like two weeks. Um, and then we were in Japan for three days, I want to say. Um, and it was just a super special event. It it kind of sucks for me seeing all the social media backlash. Not that there's been too much, but just people are loud about. I guess just fans of teams are loud about guys getting hurt, which. I think stinks like nobody wants to see anybody get hurt, but there's also been plenty of guys that get hurt in spring training. And I'm not like laughing at that, but it's just like every, I mean, this morning I was doing laundry and I slammed my hand up against the door by accident when I was closing the door, like nothing is wrong. I'm not hurt, but like you can get hurt just like that. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where, and I guess the argument is that you go full speed without having gone full speed at all. And that's, that's a fair argument, I suppose, but for all the guys that were in the classic, it was just a really cool event to represent an entire country. And how often can you say that you're able to do that? So for me, it was it was super special. And I know all the guys on Team Italy feel the same. Yeah, and I want to get to that momentarily, but I think I want to put the injury discussion to bed because we spent a lot of time with it, whether it was on baseball today. We discussed it last week with Tyler Glass now, the Rays. And he said, Listen, if I could have participated this year, I would have done it. I plan on doing it in another three or four years or however long we have between the events, he goes, that's not going to scare me away from it. Right. Um, if your thought process is that Jose Altuve would not have gotten hit by a pitch there, 
then we got to stop having the all-star game too. Yep. Right. Yeah. You should never really play a game unless it's super meaningful, if that's the case. And then, then it's kind of like, Oh, well, the regular season's really long. If you know that you're going to make it into the playoffs by August, should you play? <laughs> Cause you might get hurt. Like, I, I just think the injury thing is, uh, I get it from a fan's perspective, I suppose, but from a player's perspective or somebody within the game, like everybody understands that <laughs> these are meaning these are these are meaningful games, um, and it's just fun to watch. And to be honest, those the five games that we played were some of the most stressful I've played in a very long time. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like every inning, every single pitch. And obviously, I've never played in a major league postseason, so I don't know what that feels like. But I do know those are five game series at the same time. So the, that one game kind of one game playoff essentially is super stressful and it's so much fun. So break it down for us. You, you told us before you went um, that you're not, you're, you personally are not from Italy, right? It's your family lineage. But when you put on the Italia uniform, did you, did it feel different? It did. It did. And, um, for for I keep saying um a lot on this on this thing. It's okay. But, it's podcast, so sorry about oh, that. Fine. But I'm a it's communications major. I, I worked on this throughout my entire college experience. So I have a degree in it. And I shouldn't be saying um that much. But yeah, it was it did feel different because there felt like one purpose, and that was to win for the country. That's kind of how it felt like for us was we're able to kind of put Italy on the map in a baseball sense because it's never been on that map really before, other than the other classics. And the goal of the team and through the Federation of Italy, who kind of helped us put everything together, their goal is to, you know, create more baseball in Italy and create more people wanting to play instead of just soccer, different or different sports like that. So they were the Federation was there. Somebody important from the country of Italy came to Japan. I'm not exactly sure who it was because it was like a quick in and out for them. But for the country, we made it on Sky Sport, which is their ESPN, essentially, or their their biggest kind of sporting channel. Baseball made it on for the first time in forever. So for us, it was it's about creating what could be here in a few years, which is the country of Italy developing baseball players like at a rate that they've never done before. So for us, we were kind of on the forefront of this mission of creating – there is baseball in Italy, but creating the kind of – blueprint so to speak of how to develop guys and there was a few I think I want to say there was eight guys on the team that were from Italy and for them they're able to now go back and talk about that experience and obviously the hope I believe would be for one day Italy creates their own team of just guys that are from Italy yep and because I'm not from Italy a lot of guys on the team were not from Italy. We're very proud of our heritage, but for us, it was being proud of that heritage to help them create something special. And we're hoping that that happens. And, you know, we're looking at 2026 as well, of what, what, what we can accomplish then. Maybe we get a few more guys to be able to participate that weren't able to this year. And it's, it's been a cool ride and we're excited to see it, you know, see it really begin now. So for those eight dudes that are from Italy, were they like the Czech Republic? Do they have day jobs? Yeah, to be honest, like it wasn't really discussed. That's kind of what was the cool part about it is the the mindset was it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, whatever, we're going into win. So I know a few of them played, have played affiliated baseball in the States, and a few of them are playing currently in Italy. So I, I believe all of them play professionally in Italy. Yeah, but I think it. I'm shocked you guys didn't 
talk about that. I thought that would have been one of the great bonding experiences with because I thought the cool thing from the Czech Republic is one dude's a surgeon. One guy was an electrician. I right. thought that was awesome. Right. We didn't have any there was no like super stories like that with our team. Everybody was in baseball. Um, everybody does it as they're living. Um, there was no stories of anybody being away from the game and then coming for the classic. Um, that's one of the things that they were really looking for is trying to get professional players from Italy to be on the team and to experience all that we did. Got it. Uh, okay. So you got to Taiwan. First of all, how was the travel? Yeah, it was, uh, it sucked. Um, but that's why you do it right. Uh, not for the travel, for the experience. So the flight out there, we went to, we went from Phoenix to LA, LA to Taiwan, which was 14 hours. So I think at one point I fell asleep. I woke up and it was only like an hour and a half later. <laughs> it was just super disappointing of just looking at it being like, oh my gosh, I have 11 more hours to go on this plane. So once we got there, it was another two hour drive to the hotel. So that it was just, a, it was a long day. Um, <laughs> then the we got a, uh, we got a charter from, uh, Taiwan to Japan, which was really cool. So that was kind of a perk of of everything. If you keep advancing, you get charter flights. So we got a charter out there, which was really nice. Then from Japan, since we lost, it was a normal flight back. And that was fine. It was only nine hours. So that felt like a breeze compared to 14 hours. And then right back to Phoenix. And I'm still getting used to the time. So I, I've been up since 3 a.m. this morning. And I go to bed at like seven every night right now. So we have a we have a night game today, which will help me get back on track because then I have to go to bed later and hopefully I wake up later uh, because of that. But they might get a shot of you. Are you playing first base or DH today? Playing first base. That's okay. Uh, so like in the yeah. fourth inning, you, you might be out. I mean, no, no, I'll be all right. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to find a way to get through it. There's enough Red Bull and coffee in the dugout that I could make it through. Oh my God. All right. So we get to Taiwan. And when did, when was the first experience where you were like, this is fucking awesome? Hey, I, man. So we had a, there was a dinner the second night we were there where all the teams came into the, the, like the ballroom of the hotel. And there was a dinner there that for me, that was, that was sort of the first of, oh, this is something special. Like this isn't just a, a travel ball tournament where we're all traveling to play each other. Like this, this means a lot. And then we had an off day the first day. So it was, there was five teams, four games. So we just happened to have a bye the first day. So going to the tournament the first day, it was Cuba and Netherlands and there weren't that many people there. But where I really learned that the World Baseball Classic was special was just how much my phone was lighting up. Even though it was just one game, it was Cuba, Netherlands, day one of the classic. In the States, it didn't start for another five days, I think. But everybody on social media was talking about the classic. So for me, that was just where it was like, it doesn't matter how many people are in the stands, because if you're in Taiwan, you probably don't really care about Cuba and the Netherlands playing anyway. But seeing all the people back home that were paying attention and watching was super special. And then whenever Chinese Taipei played, they, I mean, that place was insane. Um, they brought in their own speakers. Every player has their own chant that the fans, that the fans cheer. It's just insane. And it was so loud. You can't even hear yourself think. Same thing in Japan. Like, it's just so loud the whole time. And I don't know how pitchers did it because they were screaming during pitchers pitching. So you, there's just no way you can prepare for that. But it was just, uh, yeah, it's super special. Was there a part of you, like, when you were playing first base where you were looking around, you're like, 
this is insane. Yeah, the, my moment for that was at the Tokyo Dome just in warm-ups when I was on the line. I ran out. I always run out to center field and look around, and that was just that was just something I'll never forget was being in the Tokyo Dome. There's 45,000 people there, and just running out to center field and just looking around and just kind of feeling an inner silence, so to speak, and just kind of being like, this is – this is why I play this game is for moments like this to, to create memories that'll last a lifetime. And it's just, uh, I'm, we're really happy with what we did. And like I said before, hopefully 2026 gets even better. What was it like when Shohei stepped up to the plate? The place got pretty quiet. And then, and then once his cheers started going, it got really loud. There's just an anticipation whenever he does anything, especially over there. So facing him, he threw it. He, he threw the hardest pitch of his career against me, which was, yep. which I guess like I take as a sign of respect. <laughs> uh, even though I got to walk right back to the dugout afterwards, which which sucked, but we were able to put put two runs up on him, and he wasn't able to get through five. So for us, we felt like we did a pretty nice job, and they're just a really good team. And them versus the United States is going to be a really special game. So yeah, we're taping this on on the day of the WBC Championship. Um, had you faced Shohei before that? Never had faced him. Just heard stories about, I guess, when the Royals faced him last year, I wasn't up yet. And he went like eight scoreless. <laughs> just It was just really impressive. He was throwing like two or three different sliders and just was was just carving everybody up. So I had heard all the stories. And uh, David Fletcher was on the team. So he was telling everybody he didn't really have too much on him because he's never faced him um, in right. a real, real setting. But he was just kind of talking about what he might do and, it's just that it's incredible seeing what he can what he can do with the baseball. Is it is it different coming out of his hand? I'm not going to give him that. Uh, he's still human, um, but yeah, it, it, everything around him is what makes him special. It's just how he's able to kind of. I mean, his face is everywhere in Japan. So being in Japan for him is probably just insane. Um, just with all the all the media that's around him all the time, and the way that he's able to just go perform. I mean, all that pressure on him, and he was able to win the MVP of their pool and then, you know, throw four and a half innings against us, giving up two and, and lay down a bunt hit. And then going into – I think he hit the the double last night to uh, set up the, the mm -hmm. game winner. So being able to kind of have all that pressure and then still perform at the level that he does is just so special to watch, and we're really lucky to have him in the game today. Yeah, it was – I mean, I get such a trip out of just watching him do his thing, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the most popular baseball player on the planet. Yep. It's, it's incredible. Um, and being in his hometown or being at his home essentially was just, it was just like a different level. Yeah. I I love it. I think he's got the perfect demeanor, the right attitude. I loved seeing him fired up in the mm -hmm. semifinal um, against Mexico you know, I mean, we didn't, we haven't gotten to see a lot of that out of Shohei. Maybe right. part of it is because his team has sucked since he's been here in the States. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was really cool. And I think he's a guy who's really embraced it and has dealt with it. And yeah. And that's kind of the thing that I go back to the World Baseball Classic because you see, like, I was running out of the dugout whenever we would score a run. I never do that. But it was just like, it, it, it was just games on like a different level that you don't get to. Over 162 games, you just don't you don't get to that level unless it's kind of the end of the season or it's a big game, like a rivalry game or something like that. So like being able to experience that, I hope helps me when, when we get into the playoffs, 
Um, it helps me kind of have a little bit of experience in big games and be able to kind of, you know, see that, slow the game down, slow the heart rate down and just be super, you know, locked into a game, but not have it be too much. And I feel like that's something that the World Baseball Classic did for everybody that played in it. I know the, the knock is on the enthusiasm side of this whole thing. Well, it's 162 games. How can I care on July 2nd? Royals twins when I see them 12 other times a year why am I going to be hopping over the railing but is there something we can learn from the world baseball classic that we should be bringing well I think this is kind of an interesting take that I have but I it wasn't personal in the WBC and that's how I felt it was just two teams trying to win and I feel like over the course of 162 when you see the same pitchers when you see the same teams it gets a little personal uh, because like if you're just beating the crap out of a team or they're beating the crap out of you, you get mad. Whereas in the classic, it was just you were disappointed if you lost and you were really happy if you won. That was all it was. You were just happy for your teammates. And I think that's where it kind of can go is there's so much money within Major League Baseball that like you want to make sure you protect what you do because uh, you want to stay there. But at the same time, you're playing a game. You're trying to win that game. So I think on any given day, it doesn't matter what the standings are or how many games are left in the season, how many you've played. If you bring some sort of excitement to that game, it creates excitement for the fans, for anybody watching, for you know TV commentators. It doesn't matter. If, if we can just bring some of that level of excitement to every game, I think for everybody, it'll just be a better product. I agree with you. Hey, more of the show is coming your way, but first, the Chris Rose rotation presented to you by these guys at Shady Rays. You can take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. In fact, Shady Rays offers a world-class product just as good as any expensive pair you've ever worn. But guess what? You got durable frames, clear optics, and you can keep some dough in your pocket. That's not all thing I love most about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. Every pair of shades is backed by lost and broken replacements. So that means if you're like me, if you lose sunglasses multiple times a year, if you sit your big butt on your car seat and you realize, where'd I put my sunglasses? Oh, now they're under my ass. They will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they got your back long after you purchase them even if it happens on day one. By the way, exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. Head on over to ShadyRays.com, use code word ROSE, get 50% off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses. Plus, that comes with the lost and broken replacements guarantee. So I guarantee you will love the way the shades look on you, you'll save some money, and they'll make you look good in style. You know, so when you guys advanced, you had that crazy five-way tiebreaker and all that sort of stuff. You made it, and we were all together shooting Blitzball Battle 3 at John Boy Media. Uh -huh. So I don't know whom contacted whom, but Nikki Cass, one yeah. of our dudes, ended up FaceTiming with you. What the heck happened here? Yeah, so Vito, um, his name's Vito Frischia. He's with, and if I said his name, last name wrong, sorry, Vito. Uh, but Vito and I became pretty good friends through the classic and through just being on team Italy. And he's friends with Nikki. Um, 
So he just walks over to me and he shows me his phone and it's just everybody at John Boy just in my face. I didn't know anybody was like filming or anything. Uh, I just thought we were FaceTiming. So then I just started screaming because it was just the excitement of the uh, of the event. But it was a little bit I had a drug test, so I couldn't have as much fun as everybody else. <laughs> right after the game, somebody came up and found me. It was like, you have a drug test. So that was right after I found out. Otherwise, I would have been a little bit more animated than I already was. Uh, but yeah, that was super special. Having this is what I'm talking about, like having people back home, like Nikki, John Boy in general, like having people following us was just a super cool experience for everybody involved. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, of course, is like the number one Italian box office hit on social media these days. Yep. yep. You know, he is. He is the guy. Yeah. So without further ado, we are going to bring in the one and only <laughs> Nikki Cass. So you could, you guys could finally, you know, you don't have to take a drug test right now. Yeah. You can actually enjoy having a conversation. Yeah. Where is he? There, there he, he is. is. There he is. I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Nikki, are you in Arizona or what? No, now I'm I'm back in New York. I was in Arizona, but now now I'm back. Yeah, I almost you were wore at, that shirt today too. Yeah, that would have been great. I I put it on just for Chris, just because he always wears something in Kansas City whenever I'm on. So now I figured I got to get a Chris Rose shirt. That's what I'm working on next. Oh yeah, those are flying it. off the shelves. Yeah. Those are flying off the shelves. Nikki, we didn't even have a yeah. chance to talk about this, but because you know Cassano, the Italiano, we're big time <laughs> right. in this. Did you feel a little bit of pride when those guys made it to the next round? I tell you what, watching, watch. I'm lucky enough to know Vinny and, and, and Vito, two guys on the team, watching that win. And then I called, I, I FaceTimed Vito right after the win. He didn't answer, and then he called me back. It was one of the coolest moments of my life. The, all, all us Italians from New York, New Jersey, the Upper East, like, we are – it was, just, it was just a great moment for everybody. So, yeah, it, it was awesome. It really was. So, thanks, Manny. Thanks for putting on the show. Yeah, yeah. No, you're welcome. Uh, thank you for, for watching us. You know, that's what that's what we do it for, oh, right? It was awesome. For the people up in the Northeast, especially. Dude, I can't tell you how many, like, people I knew that were just ecstatic to watch, like, Team Italy on yeah. TV. Like it was just that was it that it like you guys did more than we all could have ever hoped for. So so on behalf of all the Northeastern Italians, <laughs> yeah, it was it was incredible. Hey, I appreciate that. No, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, it was it was so much fun. It was, oh, it was so awesome. much fun to represent and just try to like. I had so many people like you know Sabino. He was uh, him and I were talking. Uh, he was going to come yep. out there. He was supposed to come out to Taiwan. And then, like, <laughs> I don't I don't doubt it. Yeah. He sounds like he would he would do that. Yeah. Uh yeah. Hey Vinny. So when you when you've seen all of Nikki's skits where he puts on the glasses and gets the boiler out and the whole bit, like how real is that in the Italian family? Help break it down for somebody who's not Italiano. There's a lot of my grandfather and my father in those skits. Like it's so funny. So <laughs> like the high school coach too. Like it's just like, oh my gosh. Just seeing so I'll send it to my dad and be like, this looks familiar. And he's like, Yeah, that's my grandfather. So it's funny, like, <laughs> like it just goes back. Like, oh man, it's just crazy. It's so it, that's why that's why you're so popular, Nikki, is because you hit people in the heartstrings, you know? You just you, I, you're you're good at it and you hit people right at home. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, like, I just grew up around it, you know, like it was, yeah. 
I was always very observant about it, but the, it there used to be some coaches where they'd hit fungos and and they'd almost like lose a lung because they were screaming so loud. I mean, it like almost out of breath. You couldn't even understand. Like they wouldn't even, it wouldn't even like no, no voice would be able to come out. So no, nah, it, it, it's been fun. I appreciate you saying that, but yeah, Rosie, listen, you know, I, what do you think? I make this shit up. You know, I, I, I live. It. Yeah, no, you're, you're a documentarian. By the way, where are you right now? You about to tee off at a, some golf club right now. Right now, I'm in a locker room of Five Iron in Herald Square. Um, I'm about to go get a workout in. I just took some swings. I'm trying to break 90 on the golf course, so I'm getting my work in, and I'm going to go get a lift and then actually head over to John Boy office because it's right down the road. Okay, nice. Hey, by the way, Vinny, did you see that our boy Nicky was hanging out with the Arizona Diamondbacks, taking cuts on the field yeah, and everything? I, I think he was at the Royals-Diamondbacks game on Sunday. Yes, I was. I was. Yeah. I was rooting for you in spirit. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I was there. I took. Uh, I took batting practice on Friday. That you got to be a big leaguer I for mean, the weekend. It, it was. It, it was like I was a kid in a candy store. I would say the machine was like they just like threw me into the wolves. That thing was like pumping ninety miles an hour. Like yeah. I, I was concerned I wasn't going to hit a single pin with like a fool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We get to do that every day. It's a it's a blast getting on the machine, especially when they start putting spin on it and running it in on your hands. It's a good time. Oh, good stuff. I asked. I had asked uh, one of the guys before. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead, and then we'll wrap it up. So I I had asked the the one of the guys uh, before because because uh, Philip Evans gave me his bat and the thing was like thirty five ounces. I'm like, dude, what am I going to do with this thing? I'm going to swing and miss at every pitch. And then Perdomo was like, no, use this one. And I was like, you sure? Like, it was a brand new bat. And I and he was like, yeah. And I go, here's me. Like, you know, I play college ball. That's about it. I'm like, well, what if I snap it in half? He goes, bro, it's the big leagues. We get them all for free. He said, you could snap it over your leg. It wouldn't matter. I'm like, oh, Jesus. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. I love yeah. it. Yeah. All right, brother, what do we uh... – what are we working on? Are we curls today? Curls? Right now, today we got upper body. Now, today we got upper body. We're going to start with some core. I think we're going to do four sets of uh, hanging leg raises and then GHD sit-ups. I'm going to superset those, and I'm going to go right into the upper body. I got a tight window today, see Rosie, so I got to make sure I'm in and out. Short rest times. We've got bench press. We got it all. I got okay. caffeine okay. in my system, too. Yeah, so. Good. Go get a sweat going. Do it for us. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go get a sweat going. It's great seeing you, boys. It always is a pleasure. Yeah, All right, peace, too. brother. Best to the family. Thanks for checking in. I will. You too, Chris. All Glad right. See you later. The, the legendary Nikki Cass there, everybody. Let me see here. I've got – I got to see. I got This is bad airtime if this is a – if this is a – does this go out as a podcast or just as a YouTube? And yeah, I'm no, like, it's a podcast. Why? Okay. What do what we say? Well, that was that was bad airtime right there. You just got up and walked away. People well, thought that's the fine. podcast it's ended, or they got a phone. Not call a big deal. Something. I was looking. I was I was going to tell you about the two times I've taken batting practice on a major league field. Yeah, well, you got to get you to Cleveland this year at some point. Yeah, but I think I'm done with. That. I'm a two time back surgery participant. That's, that's okay. I think I'm done. My swinging days are are over. A good stretch um, can't fix. Yeah, it was horrible. But I did one uh, in Anaheim. We were doing show. Malar and I were doing shows out there, and Mike Sosha was the manager. 
And so they put me in full uni and, of course, got me like extra tight Verlander type pants. Yep. My ass is not good for baseball <laughs> pants. So it's in there. Uh, I'm all dressed up. And Sosha comes out around the cage. And this is like just as the pitchers are starting to get out there for early stuff. And he said, okay, we're going to do a little charity thing. Said, we'll pretend base runner on third, less than two outs. You've got to give me, you've got to knock him. We get 20 swings. You've got to get him home 10 times for me to pay to your charity. If not, you pay to mine. Wow. And I was like, okay. And I was like, can it be my little league defense out there on the field? He's like, no, my defense. So I'll decide whether or not your sack fly gets him home. Yeah. I'm not very good. But somehow I actually, I did okay. I did so you okay. got money and for I your charity. It, yeah. So I got it Perfect. home with like four outs to spare. And he wrote a nice check to my late mother's charity, which I thought was awesome. And uh, that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, you stepped up and you did it. That's yeah. perfect. And then the other time, we took batting practice with Max Scherzer out in uh, Washington. That was well, fun. Yeah, I can imagine. Not bad. Yeah. And, and then you get to live the dream every day. As Nikki every said. single day. Every single day, baby. It's pretty special, dude. It's yeah. pretty special. Baseball fans, America's pastime is back. Step up to the plate for some season opener action with DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in free bets, bonus bets if their team wins. Talk about hitting it out of the park. Plus, everyone can bet, get in on the Major League action with a no-sweat bet from DraftKings. Opt in, and if your first bet doesn't win, don't sweat it. You'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSE and new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code ROSE. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now back to the show. So yeah, overall, the experience, A++. You would do it again in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. How was Piazza? Old school. <laughs> not in Bob? a bad way. He was so good that he doesn't understand what it's like to not be that good. <laughs> <laughs> Guys were swinging at bad pitches. He was getting upset, striking out. He gets upset. He's like, just, just hit it the other way. Like, Come on, guys. Just hit it the other way. Like, Mike, respectfully, you were way better than all of us. <laughs> uh, uh, they had the uh... – the cappuccino machine, right, in the dugout? Yep. We had a uh, an espresso machine. Espresso. Um, so they got that taken care of, which was great. And espresso hooked us up when we got to Japan. Um, that guy who's next to the espresso right there, his name is Michel. He was everything for us. Athletic trainer, strength coach, outfield coach, through BP, would hit fungos as a jack-of-all-trades, just does everything. Probably was the one that set up the espresso machine. So we were in a good spot. They took really good care of us. Uh, but I also wanted to touch on Mike again. He was fantastic. Like, legend of the game. Doesn't need to continue to still be within the game of baseball if he doesn't want to be. You can just tell how much he loves the game, and, you know, he gave back a lot to us. And so that was really special um, for us to be able to experience. Awesome. Um, Bluff and I had a discussion. He says no. I say you. somebody snuck some alcohol into the espresso machine. There was a um, – 
there was a, a picture or a video that got sent out that said Team Italy celebrating with espressos after clinching. This is true Italian. I just want to go ahead and throw it out there. Those were not espressos that we were taking shots of. Uh, that was not espresso shots, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I got to say on that. That In the dugout, they were espressos. We also had espressos in in the clubhouse. But that picture that got sent out that said, wow, this is so Italian, not as Italian as you might think. Maybe, you know, <laughs> that's all I'll say on that. Lemoncello? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was something. It was something. That's all I got, though. That's all I'll touch on that. No, wait a second. You, you, don't act like you're 16. You're a grown that's man. True. You're that's allowed true. to consume I alcohol. Knew, it, it's like, yeah, I know, but it's just... Yeah, it was uh, it was a Taiwanese whiskey. I don't know what it was called. It was described to me as the nicest whiskey in ta- in Taiwan. So that's what they got for us. And after every game that we won, we all took a uh, if if the guys wanted to, we took a nice little team shot and just had one, celebrated with the boys, and then uh, got on the bus. <laughs> that's what we did that night as well. Does it go down easy or no? That one did not. That one did not. <laughs> it was uh, it was gross. But it was a great experience, that's for sure. Wouldn't have it again, but I would in that situation, if that makes sense. How about, did you have any time to enjoy either Taiwan or Japan? Uh, We had a few days in Taiwan. So we got there on a Friday, and our game wasn't until Thursday. So Saturday, Sunday, we had workouts, but also we're still trying to get adjusted to the time. Or I think it was, yeah, and then Monday, Tuesday, we played against other Taiwanese professional teams. Mm -hmm. And then Wednesday, we had our bye. So... Wednesday, we did a few things. My fiance Ryan came out there with me, right. so that was super special for us. Just kind of one of those bucket list, check it off for life type things. Uh, so we'll be able to talk about that in 20 years with kids and stuff. So that'll be that'll be really cool. Um, she was able to do a little bit more than I was just because of she was more on a vacation and I wasn't. We, we tried to make that kind of clear is that like I need to be able to do my jobs <laughs> while I'm out here. I'm not just here to see things um so we found like americanized restaurants that i could eat like chili's or texas roadhouse but no, that, you didn't. yep yeah i tweeted about it too that texas roadhouse is the exact same in taiwan that it is in in america and we also found some sushi spots that were great some local food and then in japan we had one day so we found some places to eat and some shopping just to kind of see see the city of tokyo which was really cool had a nice like ramen place which was really good it it's very small there, though. The tables are not very big in either country. So for me, that was an adjustment, getting used to eating in smaller quarters. Are you a giant over there? I was one of the larger people, yeah. More so in Taiwan than Japan because there's more tourism in Tokyo than there was in Taichung City. So in there was always people outside the hotel, too, because it was pretty easy to spot us. So there was a lot of autographs being signed right outside the hotel in in both spots. So it was, again, though, I've got nothing but good things to say about everything that they did for us. Kansas City Royals are huge over there. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, they, you know who's huge over there is Matt Harvey. He is massive over there. So oh, there was tons of, New York. of people. Yeah, so him and Mike Piazza, it, they, it was like <laughs> – I saw them one day walking out, and it was it looked like they were being attacked. There were so many people running up to them. So good for them for uh, for having such good careers and people over there liking them so much because it was it was cool to see the reaction of people uh, that you know aren't from the country that still enjoy Major League Baseball. Uh, we have talked about the enthusiasm displayed during the games. I think 
that your reliever Joe Lasorsa, I believe is how you say it. Yeah. Um, I think that he probably wins it all, right? Yeah. Yep. So forgot who was umpiring first base that day. I think it was Mark Carlson, but I can't remember exactly. May have been Dan. I think it was Dan Lozana who was at first base. I said to him, I said, Hey, he got to he got to two strikes. It was bases loaded. I've seen Joe pitch before. And I just said, Hey, if he if he gets this guy out, just watch. Just watch. And he did and he celebrated. He sure did. He 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 knocked a uh, a trainer off the bench. You can see it like at the beginning of the video when he first gets to the dugout. He pushes a guy off the bench because he's so pumped. And I get back out to the field and and Dan Dan just says that did not disappoint one bit, not at all. He said he said he did six signature moves all at once. And it was just true. It was so true how it happened. I mean. That was just incredible to watch. I was just laughing. I'm not on camera there because I'm still outside the dugout, just kind of laughing at like an excitement of just at what had just happened. And that that game itself was really funny, though. You asked me about it a little bit. We had so many scenarios planned out for what we were going to do because we knew what we needed to do to get in. We needed to win by four or more, but we couldn't give up more than five runs. So if we had given up five, we had to score at least nine. There were so many scenarios at play that we knew, but they wouldn't tell us like they wouldn't confirm our suspicions being true because they didn't want to take away from like the real competitive nature of the game. But there was a scenario where if we won, say, two to nothing, we don't get in. So there was the only way we could win. And we were the home team. So if we were, say, up one or up two going into the ninth, we knew we had to win by four. So there was things like prepared for to try to hit a walk-off grand slam <laughs> if necessary. <laughs> so you were going to like hit guys or not field the ball cleanly in order to force one um, more time up. There were things at play and luckily that didn't have to happen. We were able to just win and just take care of business the way that we did. Cause for Netherlands, it was easy. They win, they're in. And if they score six runs, they're in. If they, you know, if, there were so many scenarios at play. I won't get into the specifics, but there was a lot going on um, for for that game. And luckily, none of that had to happen. So I am in the right neighborhood when I am suggesting that perhaps if if I have to dive five feet to my left to go make a play, maybe I'll dive two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that happened in the USA game, too. There was a scenario where they could have intentionally walked a guy in yes. and lose and still advance. Yes. So it's just crazy when you play in these games because, I mean, technically speaking, you can intentionally walk a guy, you can balk, you can balk, you can balk again, and then he just he scores without anything really happening. It, then the question is, technically, you can de you can decline a balk if <laughs> if you really want to, and then technically another team could let you score, so then they could lose, but then advance. So it was just what was more important was if we had lost. Team Italy would then have to qualify for the next World Baseball Classic. But with that win and advancing, but basically just not finishing last, we were not relegated and Chinese Taipei was relegated. It now has to qualify again. Right. So there were so many things at play. It was just crazy. And you know how it is in those scenarios. You have you have kids. You've seen travel ball tournaments before. There's crazy right. scenarios. And, and doing it by runs – allowed divided by outs gotten when yep. if, if you're the away team and you win or if you're the home team and you win 
No, sorry. If you're the away team and you lose, you don't get the extra three outs. So we played an extra inning game the first day and got the extra three outs. So our quotient naturally went down because we got that extra three yep. outs. But if you don't get the even the normal 27 outs and you get 24 outs, like it was, there was a lot of math being done all over the place in Taiwan when uh, those few days were happening. Which I'm sure baseball stars totally get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. happy. Hey, I'm thrilled that you took that uh, that calculus class at Old Dominion. I'll uh, I'll actually send you a picture of the math that I did. I took a, I did it on on paper uh, on like an envelope in the room of just like how many outs has this team gotten, how many runs have they allowed, and then the next tiebreaker, which is really funny, is earned runs allowed divided by the number of outs. So there is a scenario if that is your tiebreak that if there's like a guy on third and there's a ground ball hit or something and you know he's going to score. The air technically make an error because then that runs not like there's so many things at play here. And I'm like, this is a little bit of like inside baseball, so to speak, I guess. Isn't that a yeah. saying? Um, and it was just it was a fun time for sure trying to figure out all this stuff. But then at the end of the day, we just won the game clean and nothing had to happen. So it was good. I love that. God, what a great experience. Is uh, is Salvi back in camp yet? I don't know. So we had a full off day yesterday. Oh. So right. I got back on Friday. I went in Saturday, Sunday, and then yesterday I went in and hit in the morning. But I believe everybody except for the USA guys are back today, I think. So have you, like, we, made contact with Brady Singer or Bobby Witt just to see how it's gone, or have you uh, kind of let them be? Talked to Bobby a little bit, but mostly just letting them be. Uh, don't want to get in their way, especially uh, Brady's probably – I would think he's going to pitch tonight. So yeah. I'm definitely going to leave him alone. And then with the Arenado stuff, there might be a chance that Bobby plays. I don't know if lineups have been been uh, released oh, yet. with the hand issue. With the hand issue. I don't know if he'll be yeah. allowed to play. <laughs> uh, he'll, I'm sure he's fighting for the right to play, but we'll see what happens. It's that That is the interesting thing about the Classic is it's at an interesting time, but there's no other time. Like you're, you're not convincing people to play in November. There's no yeah. way that – no way. This is the only time it can happen. There's no way the season's shutting down. Like it's just, it's not realistic. <laughs> um, but you know, the only way I could see it happen is that you do it. You do the pool play during spring training, mm -hmm. and then we have the quarter semis and the final during the All Star game, and get rid of the All Star right. game. Well, then, then I guess I would propose a question of: Do the rosters have to stay the same? Can you add people, or you can add? Or I guess it could be like what they do now, which you get 50 spots to put guys on, but you only have 30 active players. So it could be, I guess it could be the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So I, yep, you got it. You got it nailed in. I, I think that would be an interesting way to do it, especially because by the time that July rolls around, guys are in a much different spot, either swing wise or pitching wise. So it'd be interesting to see how that would change how things go um, at that time of year. Yeah. All right. You brought it up early in the show, so let's get to it. I might have to send this thing to Aaron Rodgers. If he wants it, you got to send it to him. You don't have a choice. I don't. You, you don't have a choice. I would. I would find my way to your place, and I would send it to him myself. That that is how that would work. Uh, I can't celebrate yet, though, because it's not official. And what do you mean you can't celebrate yet? What are you in the league office? Can't celebrate yet until it's official. He said he wants to be a Jet. The Packers have said they don't really want him. The Jets have said they want him, and it doesn't seem like there's another team at play here. But until he is signed, sealed, delivered as a Jet, I will not comment on it because – I will not comment on well, it. Well, no, 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 I'll comment, and I'll speculate, and I'll celebrate inside. But 
Like, it's just stressful, you know? I mean, you go from right now, currently, as the roster is constructed, there is one quarterback on the team, and uh, he wasn't great last year. Yes, uh, that's accurate. Wasn't great is, yeah. is certainly a way to describe it. I still cheer for him. I still root him really hard. Yeah, just like objectively, he wasn't great. So, and objectively speaking, Aaron Rodgers is one of the top five quarterbacks to ever play the position. And also, I guess, side note, in 20 years, I welcome a Hall of Fame Jordan Jordan Love to the New York Jets. I We welcome him with open arms and whoever <laughs> follows him. You're already planting the seeds. The the pathway from uh, from yeah. Lambeau Field yep. to, you know, Jersey is perfect. But I'm pumped because, like, I have my season tickets. They're great seats. And the price when he eventually becomes a Jet, because I am going to have to sell off the first few games because I plan on still be playing. And then hopefully into October, still be playing. So I'll be selling yeah. off my tickets. He's okay. the Jets quarterback. His price is just doubled. So that's, you know, just monetarily, that's great for me. Just like I'm investing pretty much. Oh, yeah. I'm doing. So I'm really excited for that. I'm excited to see the, I think, uh, on it, like betting lines, they moved from like plus 600 to win the division, like minus 110 or something like that. Like that's a, you're in a good spot right there. So I'm pumped about that. Um, go Jets. You've said a lot without saying anything, yep. but let's get into it. Were you overseas when you first heard about it? Yeah, I think so. So that's what was weird about it is I never knew what time it was back home. So I was always – whenever I would wake up in the morning, it would be like two or three in the afternoon because I would go to sleep and the Royals would put out their lineup. So that was always funny. I'd go to bed and the Royals were tweeting out the lineup and then I'd wake up and the game would be over, which is just, the, just trippy. So I would wake up in the morning expecting, or I'd go to bed. This what I would go to bed and like first take would be on. So there was some news. There was always some reporter that was awake that would be able to say something. And then my hope was by the time I wake up, the day is completed in America news wise. And then I'll know. And every day I'd wake up, I'd have, my phone would be blowing up from friends being like, you got Rogers, you got Rogers. Like, no, no, we haven't. No, we haven't. Not yet. So then I put that out there. And that's just, can anyone update me on the quarterback situation? Just because I didn't know where to look. Uh, so I'm just hoping, still hoping. I'm pumped about the possibility of him being in a different shade of green. And I'll be there every week that I can be, that I'm not playing baseball or that I'm not getting married. So, yeah, yeah, we're in a good spot. It'll be wild. I don't think they become um, – I wouldn't make them the division favorite. I would. But that's me. Just, that's me. Is just the that's just me talking because I know I'm going to talk so much, so much crap to all my friends. My my dad is a Dolphins fan. He's done for if Rodgers goes to the goes to the Jets. My aunt is a Bills fan. She's done for if Rodgers goes to the Jets. And then there's the Patriots. So Bobby is a Patriots fan, and he's already hearing it from me. I mean, just ah, uh, I just want to beat the Patriots so bad. It's been since wait, Bobby Witt Junior is a. Yeah, his family's from the New England area, so okay. he's a All he's right. a Patriots slash Brady fan. Okay, but it's been since 2015, Chris. 2015 since we've beaten the Patriots. Yeah, and it's been since 2010 since you made the playoffs. I think. You no, know, I cried when they lost in the playoffs. Uh, they lost to the Colts, and I you cried. Were a kid, and I my dad looked over at me and was like, "Hey, good season, man." And I was like, "That doesn't help me. That doesn't help me. We just lost." 
it, but at the time thinking, well, the Sanchez is going to be the quarterback for the next 15 years. And, yeah, you know, and now then that didn't work out like two years later. And then a guy who just got 130 million in Geno Smith played for four years. I'm happy for him. He's turned his career around, which is awesome, but he did not play that well with the Jets. No, he didn't. Um, objectively speaking again. And then, you know, that no objection needed your honor. It, and then he was not good. Sam Darnold, I thought he was the answer. He wasn't. And then Zach Wilson, I was really hopeful for. There's still hope. Bring in Rodgers. They're like really good friends. Teach him everything you know. You know, that's that's where I'm at teach right him now. Teach everything you know. <laughs> well, oh, you're saying Aaron should teach Zach everything you know. Yeah. Not yeah. Maybe the other way around. Okay. Yeah, no, no, not the other way around, please. I I was at the uh... – the Browns Jets playoff game, January third, nineteen eighty seven. This is only about twenty years before you were born, or whatever. But that was my uh, that was the first playoff game I ever attended. How'd it go? I don't even know who won that game. Oh, oh. go spin it up on YouTube. It's a classic. Oh, oh good. it's one of the longest playoff games in NFL history. Good. Speaking of time, are you going to ask me about the pitch clock? Do you like the pitch clock? I love it. I love oh! it. Oh! And I've seen all the people that you do podcasts with hate it. Everybody hates it. I love it. The game is always moving. At first, I'm just like locked in over there, moving around. There's something always going on. And, yeah, I see that Hedges Hedges was right in the middle. Bolecki, I mean, immediately said I wanted to take a baseball bat to that thing. Yeah. And then Trevor, he, I don't think he knows what he – I don't think he knows. I think he's just speculating. Well, Mickey but, Rowe couldn't stand it. Okay, yeah. And now, also, you're talking to older guys who've never experienced it before, like like veterans who are OGs in the game. That right, you know. But you had you had it your whole minor league career? Not the entire. So the first when it really first started to get enforced was last year. So I had about a month and a half of it ish. The first okay. two weeks of the season, we had it as like a skeleton clock. And then two weeks in, that's when they really started saying, all right, we're enforcing it now. And they did add two seconds to it from last year. So that helps. So, and from what I hear of spring training games, it's getting a lot better. Like guys are getting used to it. And things yeah. are, I haven't paid that much attention to the clock necessarily. What I do know is in the WBC, there was no clock. And boy, those games were long. They were long. <laughs> Pitchers taking 40 seconds in between each pitch, shaking off, stepping off, everything. Which some guys would argue that's part of the game. And that's fine. My argument is that we're uh, we're sportsmen and we're entertainers, and we're there for the people who are there, like that are there watching. So if they like it, that's kind of all that matters. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think based off of umpires I've talked to, they're starting to like it. I think players are starting to like it as uh -huh. time goes on. And guys who were in the minor leagues last year, they like it because they know, like they know how to do it now. They've been through a right. year of it, so that that first. I'm really glad they're being strict during spring training because that's the key is totally. everybody needs to know. Like I think they, and I think they've done it. They've been a little bit more strict than they're going to be during the season uh, just to get everybody used to it. So I'm hopeful for it. I do hope that if players like, especially older players and they come together and they want to make it a little bit longer, I hope the league listens if that's what players want. Um, but I do think it's here to stay. And I think it's a good thing for, for the game. Yeah, I love it. Um, I am curious about a few things. I do think they need to adjust it. I, I wouldn't be against adjusting it on the fly. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that whatever, let's let's change rules. 
other sports do. Um, whether that's adding a couple of seconds here or there. Uh, I, I, I understand what Miguel Rojas was saying that if you have to be locked and loaded as a hitter at eight seconds and the pitcher can just wait and wait and wait and wait, and you can't call timeout because you've already used your one timeout as a hitter. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the spirit of what we're trying for. So I do think that there's got to be some adjustment. And Kloof put out a tweet the other day, which I thought was, it makes you think. He, I he saw to, it. I like that. Wants to get rid of it come playoff time. Yep, I would agree with that. That's something we've talked about. That's something we talked about a lot in the WBC was it would be great if they let the game be the game in the playoffs. And I think that's the biggest argument as is it's technically baseball is the game that doesn't have a clock. So why are we adding a clock to the game that doesn't need one? But my thing is, is I think it got too slow. If you play a hundred, we play the most games of anybody and we also play some of the longest games of anybody. So just as a, if you're a fan, that's a lot like football, they play 17 games once a week. (laughs) It's easy to lock in for that. It's not easy to lock in on the Royals white Sox on a Wednesday afternoon when you're at work. (laughs) But if that game's, if that game's going quick, you can watch it on the side and just have it going. You can do that anyway, but you know what I mean? If no, listen, there's, I think, I think it's going to be beneficial to a lot of people. I really do. And, and, uh, but I will say this, I haven't once looked at my watch during a world baseball classic game. I've been like, fuck, this is taking forever. Right. I don't disagree with that at all. I I think kind of one of my biggest arguments for it is if say it's a six 30 or seven o'clock game and you're a father, like one of the players, if you're a father and that game ends at nine 15 and now you can get home by 10, I mean, probably not that quick, but you, you know, I still got to do stuff after the game, but instead of the game finishing at 11 and now you're home at one, that's a big difference. Being able to see your kids that night or being able to put them to bed, whatever it may be. Um, like the, well, just let's like, start with it. Hold on. I'm a father. When I was a father in my early 30s, let's say, my kids were not staying up at 10 o'clock when I was getting right. home. But what it does allow them to do is it allows them to get a night's sleep so they're falling asleep by 1130 so that when their kids are bouncing on their head at 630 in the morning, right. they're not like a fucking zombie. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yep. And what I'm the that what I just said is just a generalization of everything. It's just kind of like there's different ways to think about it. You can think about it really negatively, or you can think about it in a positive light. And there's so many different things that happen within the game of baseball. I mean, there's like nobody's even really talking about the shift because all the all the emphasis is on the pitch clock right now. Yeah, like the shift not being there will also make games longer. So the clock is going to shorten games, but Mm. the the shift is going to create length in games just because there's more opportunities for hits. Yeah. But, wow. You mean there's more opportunity for action? Mm-hmm. Great. Sign yeah. me up. Yep. I'm in. That was one funny thing in the WBC is we, without the shift, we would have been losing to Cuba probably 5 nothing in the first inning. There was ground balls up the middle, and our, our infield was so good, and they were just making plays left and right. <laughs> um, This will be your first opening day coming mm-hmm. up. Yep. Have you thought much about it, like in terms of excitement, or have you not allowed yourself to get there yet? I get goosebumps thinking about it. Like I just got goosebumps now. It's it's oh. so special. Like I remember last year opening day, I didn't really know my role within the organization. Um, just in terms of I was in AAA, but I didn't really know what was expected of me. I was DHing five days a week uh, out of the six games. Uh, now it's like all right, I know what my role is going into the season. I know that I'm going to be in the lineup and in my mind, I'm going to be a force in that lineup. So for me, I know my role. I know I'm going to be there come opening day. 
and it gets me just really excited thinking about. Um, this is my first opening day is the way I describe it, even though I've had them in minor leagues before. Like there's just something different about a major league opening day. Yeah. We're wearing all powder blues. I've got all my accessories picked out already. We're just really, really excited. So everybody within the Kansas City Royals organization is super excited and we're just we're ready to get to uh get to Kansas City to face the twins, to face Trevor's twins on uh March thirtieth. Wait a second. I've already got all my accessories picked out. What do we what do, how are we accessorizing, Vinny? Well, it's just simple. I wear the same accessories every day, but I'm just talking about colors. Wow. I uh I wear one arm sleeve on my right arm. And I'm matching this year. I'm matching the jersey color to the arm sleeve. And last year I went alternate. I'd go blue jersey, gray sleeve on the road, or something like that. This year I'm going blue jersey, blue sleeve, white jersey, white sleeve, gray jersey, gray sleeve. Like so, shout out Under Armour for making all this possible. You know, just shout out to them for uh, for working with me and making all this happen. Are you a uh, ear shades guy? Right, you got to wear shades. Oh yeah, oh okay. yeah. Even if you don't need them, just stylistically. Yeah, look, just just for the looks, you know, just gotta show it off a little bit. That, Do uh, you ever wear stirrups? No, I can't wear my pants up. I'm, to be honest, like I'm not a big. You've seen me in person. I'm not the best body guy, so wearing my pants up. I think makes that's me why look, we get along. Well, it could be, but when I wear my pants up, I look really fat. So I try not to wear my pants up. I wore them up twice last year, and I thought Amir Garrett was going to kill me. He said, "You can't allow yourself to look like that on a major league baseball field." <laughs> Oh. He, I did it the first time. He said, don't ever do this again. And then I did it a second time. He said, what did I tell you? You look awful. So I appreciate that honesty. He doesn't have to be nice to me. He doesn't have to be honest with me, but he was. No, he's, I appreciate he's looking that. Looking out major. for you. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's just helping me out. And I appreciate that. Guy who's got major drip too. Yep, exactly. I've already talked to him about what I'm going to wear on opening day to the field. Big, It's a big statement mark for the first uh for the first game of the season, apparently. So I've talked to him about it. See what I'm see what I'm going to look like. Wait a second. So you already have this is like mommy picks out your clothes. No, fiance picks out my clothes for for opening day for sure. She's going to help out a lot. Is it uh, wait? Is it already done or is it still formulating? It's still formulating, but I think I've kind of we're you know we've got a few options locked in. Anything in the closet nearby? No. To be honest, I'm almost packed up. Because we leave on Saturday, so so I am uh, leave on Saturday. Do you guys have a? We go to Texas for two games, Monday oh. and Tuesday of next week. So we leave Saturday, spend the day Texas Wednesday, Monday Tuesday, and then Kansas City Tuesday night. Okay, this is exciting. Are you going to have family come in? Tons. Yeah, I I um, we're working out everything right now, trying to figure out what we're going to do tickets wise, just because. You know, it's opening day. The place is going to be packed, so I got to make sure I can get all my family in there. So we're working on that right now, trying to figure things out. And there's that's what's really cool is just the amount of family that's coming in, the amount of people that want to come is just again what shows how special this is of just being in the major leagues and like having my first opening day. So are you trying to work it, or are you going to have to pay for it? Yeah, I'll probably be playing for free on opening day. Um, We'll see, though. I played for free in a few places last year, New York especially. And yeah. So, you know, that's what it takes, though. That's what it takes. People want to come watch you play, you make it happen. Yeah. I mean, listen, compared to the everyday person, you make a shitload of money. Compared to yeah. baseball people, 
I make no money below the poverty line. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a very, that's a weird dynamic. It's <laughs> such a weird yeah, but, dynamic. You know, Hey, listen, go Matt, go hit 32 homers a year. And that, that number is going to go up quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. I just want to win some games, you know? Last year, we knew we were out with probably a month to go. That sucked. So, I, you know, this is like I'm on the same vein as my first opening day. We start zero and zero, just like everybody else. So, What did I tell you, by the way, when you hit a home run against my Guardians? What is What do you do afterward? Oh, God. What, oh, what did you tell me? I don't when remember. They stick a mic in your face. This is for my buddy. Oh, yeah, this is for Cleveland Chris native Rose. Chris Rose. That was for Chris Rose. That's right. I'll make sure that happens. So. That's right. He's such a Guardians lover. This is going to hurt him. Yeah, the Guardians have such a good pitching staff. They're so they're good. They're a good team. They're a good team. They've got some pitchers. They've got some hitters. They're all. I mean, it's just a good. It's good. Good team. You don't have to butter me up. We're good. I'm just telling the truth. I know team. that. <laughs> I know that. All right, man. Anything else? What do you got? That's it. Get back on your sleep regimen. Yeah, try to try to wake up a little later tomorrow, and then. Now, now, especially that hopefully I'm still a uh, rotating member of the Chris Rose rotation. Now you got to play well. You know, it puts the pressure on doing a talk show. So just got to make sure I play well. Play yeah, well. I'm, hey, out of all the things with you, it's just your Jets fandom I'm most worried about. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. That's unhealthy. You know, no, we're probably going to have to work something out with John Boy at the end of the year for some Jets stuff. Um, so we'll, I'll have my people contact your people. And we'll just go ahead and make that happen when, we'll when take that care of time it. comes around. Yeah, we, we can definitely take it. You know, the Browns and the Jets play again this year. Yeah, in Cleveland, right? I believe it is in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, yes. That's where my fiance Ryan, her family was born, and like she's born in Cleveland. They live in Columbus, but I'll probably, I'll probably find a way if that game's at the end of the By year. By the way, don't make it sound the way you said that. I didn't, know, I didn't like the way you said that. She was born in Cleveland. She was born in Cleveland. Yeah, but say it with some pride. I, she was born in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, no better. Yeah. On the tone. Yeah. Because okay. earlier you were like, yeah, she was born in Cleveland. No, no, no. I like Cleveland. Hotel is nice. Yeah, it's City. the one hotel in town. Yeah, but it was nice. Could it walk nice. to the ballpark. That's nice. Yeah, you can walk to the ballpark. There was a Chipotle. So what else could I ask for? <laughs> I mean, that's five that's five star in my crib, man. Yeah. So that's per I ate Chipotle five times a week. So if you have a Chipotle near the hotel and it's near the ballpark. No complaints from me. Do you have the taste buds of a 12-year-old? I feel like you do. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, are you uh, Are you like a, I, I'd rather have chicken nuggets than sit down and have a nice piece of fish with some vegetables? and In the off-season, no. And I, I cook, and I have, like, sand, we have a rotation. Shout out Eric Potter. He is the guy who helps me with my nutrition in the off-season. He was a guy at Old Dominion. He was a trainer there, and now he he's big time. So I'm lucky that he still works with me. But uh, so I cook. But then in, during the season, yeah, like it's bad because I don't want to like sit down and have a meal. I want to just watch TV and eat. And so it's it's like, let's just go get Panda Express or go get Chipotle and just eat at home. <laughs> Wait a second. Can't Eric, can't he just lay out a nutritional plan for you? Yeah, he could. The problem is I know that I won't follow it during the season. Why? Because it's like. Say you have a seven o'clock game. You get up. I know what I need to have. I need to have two piece, two eggs, two pieces of bacon. We're locked in. Maybe some yogurt. Maybe Hold on, turkey shit. bacon or regular bacon? Regular bacon. Um, I've had turkey bacon in the past. It's fine. I just like bacon better. 
Okay. Then for lunch, have something light, maybe a little chicken and rice, and then go to the field, and they have food there. So, yeah, but they have they have people that will make anything for you. So if you want to eat healthy, it's never been easier to eat healthy in a major league club. I don't disagree with you. There, but you just can't put a price on a good like chicken nugget. You just can't can't put a price on it. It's fantastic. All right, so I'll take you to the discussion uh, that they had on inside the NBA, or no, it was the NCAA tournament because it was Barkley. They were talking about crustables. Uncrustables are fantastic. Un- yeah, are you are you a fan? Had one yesterday. Um, yeah, so they have the red ones, like the strawberry, and they have grape. But in at UAB at Alabama Birmingham, when I was a junior in college, somewhere in Birmingham, they had uh, peanut butter and honey uncrustables. Yes, unbelievable uncrustables. If you are listening to this right now, I will send you my address. If you could send me some peanut butter and honey Uncrustables, I will post them all over the place because they are the best and I cannot find them anywhere. So that's that's for you, Uncrustables. I believe that they come in the yellow. Yes. Out. They're the yeah. yellow ones. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't think. Let me see if Michelle can find them. Michelle. Here, pop your uh, pop your head in here. You won't be on camera. Don't worry. Just Please. your voice. She's, she's coming in. Here she comes. All right, so I've got my guy Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals on. Hi, he Michelle. Said, not find the honey and peanut butter uncrustables. Remember when we had those? They do. Where I didn't hear Target. It. Target. Okay. He can't. He can't find them anywhere. I'm going to Target on my well, way to the field. He's today. been, honey. He's been in Taiwan and Japan lately, playing in the World Baseball Classic. So he hasn't really given up. Much of an effort overall. I got to be on. Oh, she's checking her target app for you right oh, now. Please. This is how much. She... Perfect. This is how big. What do we have? Oh, we have the Nutella ones. Do you have those? No, I. I oh, my God. You haven't tried the Nutella ones? So, okay. I'm going to preface this with I've never had Nutella, but I don't like it. How can you not like something you've never had? I just know myself. Do you like chocolate? Eh. Eh. It's like a good piece of chocolate's good. Like I like a good Twix bar or a Snickers, but that's about it. Oh my god! Well, honey, where I'm not going to give him directions, you could get it for him. <laughs> oh, that's perfect! Little peanut butter and honey right there. I got to go to Sherman Oaks. There you Sherman go. Oaks, that's where the guy in Two and a Half Men lived. He lived in Sherman Oaks. Yeah, I think so. In Two and a Half Men, Allen, I think. Huh. We'd have to look that one up. Yeah. It's quite possible. Okay. So my wife just did some shopping for you. There you Perfect. go. Now I just got to make sure that still exists in Kansas City and this I'm locked in. Okay. Uncrustables, honey and uh, peanut butter. I haven't had those in a while. Those are good. Uh, yeah. Will you please try a Nutella one, please? Just take a bite. I just like, there's a few foods that I've never had that I know that I won't like. Um, Let's go. So maybe, maybe I'll give it a shot. What? Give me a food that you definitely won't like. Okay, so this is stupid because um, uh, a tomato, I've never eaten a tomato before, not on a sandwich, not anything, not in a salad, but I know for a fact I won't like it. Okay, I just, I, I I'll just i be honest with you. I'm not a tomato fan. So then there's Nutella. I'm trying to think of what else. It's more like if I see it, I know I won't like um, cauliflower. Never had it. No, I don't like it. No, for a fact, I don't like it. You like broccoli? 
I don't mind broccoli. Okay. Especially if you put some like cheese on it, then it's just, you know, then you're taking away from what the broccoli is meant for, but it doesn't matter. You're still eating it. Eric from Old Dominion would not appreciate that. No, Eric, Eric hooks me up. He, you know, he was, there was a few things I had to cut out of my diet, but other than that, we were in a good spot. All right. I'll I'll think of more things that I know I won't like, and I'll just you'll just randomly get texts from me, and it's just going to have a food item. So I'm going to tell you what I've been doing, although I've been shitty the last few weeks. When I went to John Boy and I went to the NFL Scouting Combine, I kind of lost my way on my nutritional habits. Hard to do on the road. Yeah, it's kind of an excuse, but it was I just it's wasn't a good excuse good. though. So I air pop popcorn. I, I use an air popper. Yeah. And then I use these toppings. The oh, I spray like uh like avocado oil, so it'll, the toppings will stick to it. Perfect. So it just it doesn't go all the way to the bottom of the bowl. And then you could say you've had a little bit of avocado too. If you're, it's really good. Yeah, but I like avocado, so I'm in anyway. Oh, okay. There you but go. yeah, I can understand why you would think that way for a twelve year old. Yeah. Um, thank you. So yeah, that's that's always a very good snack. That's not high calorie and it's it's easy yeah yeah also let's see what am i snacking on these days i've got a big thing of goldfish i'll show you oh yes i love field trips this is what's in my so i've got a massive thing of goldfish would you, you go to costco no it's target kind bars okay whatever. No big deal. And then a massive bag of Jolly Ranchers. Oh, my God. But I have in my... Uh, How many I, Jolly Ranchers do you eat a day? I haven't had one since I've been back from uh, from Taiwan. Or is that Ryan with two ends that There's some Gatorade, rapid hydration. Look at you. All that's in there. Just some hydration stuff. A little coffee cream. How many cups of coffee a day? Uh, I've had three today. Three? Normally I have two, but because I've been waking up so early, it passes my time by to have a cup of coffee. So are you and Ryan getting up at the same time? Well, she's back in Nashville, so she's oh. on a better schedule than me because she's two hours ahead. So she ah. was up at she was up at five this morning, local time in Nashville. So right. she's getting back. Okay. All right. Well, listen, man, this is fun catching up. Hour flew by. Holy smokes. Yeah, technically hour and seven minutes if you're counting at home. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I had fun. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? We'll check in uh, midway through April, see how you're doing. We'll catch you on a road trip. That's Perfect. usually what we do is we – yeah, I don't like to take away from your home. You should just – you should come when uh, we're in Anaheim. I think we go there at the end of April. At the end of April. Let me just, Let me see what the schedule is. Let's see. Let's see who can get to the schedule first. It's probably yeah. you. I'm loading up my MLB app right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking this all. They changed the MLB app, by the way. Yeah, I don't like it. Don't like it. Really? Got used to it. Got used to what it was and don't like it. All right. Well, let's see the week of the. Yeah. Uh, 21st, 22nd, 23rd. It's a weekend of April. It's a weekend. Yeah. Uh, that's a possibility. I think that isn't that the weekend of the NFL draft? I have no idea. I think the NFL draft is the end of April. Yeah, I just forget which day, you know, normally I would be in Kansas City, but. Yeah, it, we're not in Kansas City when the draft is there. I know that. So maybe Also, that's... 
in whatever the next year the World Cup is in, it's going to be in Kansas City. Do you oh, think yeah. that we'll we'll be on the road for like three weeks? Uh that sounds perfect. That's like the the Grammy trip that the Lakers and Clippers have to take every year. <laughs> yeah, when they're both gone forever. Yeah, yeah, that'll be perfect. So they're doing it at Kauffman Stadium. No, at Arrowhead. Yeah, at Arrowhead. So why can't you guys be in town? Because they're worried probably. they'll only get eighteen hundred fans a game. Probably the parking lot. How about this oh, in our true. schedule this year? We have two off days in a row. What we have, we play St. Louis on the thirtieth, and then we have the thirty-first of May off, and then the first of June off. That's interesting. Uh, okay, this is all we finished right stuff. before the All Star break. We're in Cleveland, and then we're in Cleveland again in two weeks. Wow! And we finished with the Yankees at home. That's an interesting finish to this to the year. Dude, that'll be that could be for the uh, the AL East, the AL Central champions. Right, exactly. It, for who's the one seed in the AL for the uh, for the playoffs? You know, mark it down right now. <laughs> yeah. Late March. Yep, you heard it here first on the Chris Rose rotation. Yep, yep, that's right. Listen, dude, I could shoot the shit with you all day, but I'm sure you got to. Uh, you probably have to take your mid uh, Taiwan body clock nap. Yeah, well, I got to go to Target and see if they have peanut butter and honey uncrustables. That's what I got to do in the short term. Hey, Mrs. Rose is is the team mom of the Rose rotation. So if you perfect. have any questions, she is yeah, here to help. Perfect. She loves well, that. As thanks for having as she me doesn't on have again, to Chris. Appear on camera. And honestly, shout out. Thanks, Rob, for just being here. For just being here. I appreciate that, Rob. That's nice. He's nothing from him. He's probably not uh, even th- there. <laughs> he is. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're the man. Eh, there he yeah. is. He's growing back. He's now he's going growing back his goatee with his mustache because, you know, so my whole thing is like, I don't want the mustache to look bad. So I'm like, I'd rather have the goatee with it first and then shave the bottom part. Yeah, that's not going to help. No, no, I I told you, you look like a guy who should be driving an ice cream truck for a living when you grow out that mustache. It's not good. It's frightening. You're scaring the kids that watch this thing. Who doesn't like ice cream? Yeah, it's the person driving the ice cream truck. Is there? <laughs> have you ever met a normal person that drives an ice cream truck, Vinny? Oh, I don't really remember. I just remember how excited I was when the ice cream tr- ice cream truck came by. That is true. Yeah, I don't really remember the guy. I don't remember the guy the at all. Cream. I remember the truck. I remember the the SpongeBob with the eyes that like would with gumballs. The gumballs. That's disgusting. Yeah. By those the way. are so good. No, it's so not. Good. It's disgusting. Yeah, I'm the same way with you uh, on Nutella, Vin. Thank you. Thank you. Also, Chris, you sound like old man yelling at cloud right now. That's what you said. No, I, I, I'm I, just telling you that the SpongeBob tastes disgusting. No. No, the eyeballs are – you chew them for like two seconds because that's all the taste you get yep. out of them. And then that's Somehow it. worse than uh, double bubble or whatever you call mm-hmm. it. Somehow less taste than those. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, I think it's popcorn time for me. Okay, good luck. Thank you. For our one-of-a-kind mustache here, and the past watch with his infant return on the Rose table. I'm Chris Rose. We will see you next time when baseball's in full swing on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.